Affirmative action, uh, for, after gutting affirmative action, Republicans target minority scholarships. Wisconsin State Assembly Speaker suggests college grants meant for minority students are on the chopping block. The GOP's war on racial diverse college campuses was never going to be confined to the party's war on affirmative action. Yeah, exactly. This, this was going to happen. And um, a lot of, you know, a lot of black people are going to now see light, especially on the Republican Party. That's what they're going to see. Because you've been fed a lie, you willfully believe that lie, that we're all Americans. Yet, once again, history shows otherwise. But unfortunately, you know, a lot of uh, black Americans <clears throat> on the Republican side are going to have to feel. Okay. That's how they're going to have to learn. In fact, Republican efforts to ban diversity, equity, and inclusion programs on co uh, college campuses curb free speech around progressive causes. Uh, and, you know, also the Democratic side is also straight poison, you know, as you can see. There's a progressive, you know, the alphabet mafia <clears throat> and their delusion. All right. Because, like I said before in my last video, when it comes to the Democratic Party, you could fight for civil rights, you know, but at the same time, you're pinned to this disgusting, you know, progressive causes that will basically out, does basically out to destroy the family unit and society. And restrict classroom discussions on social inequality. All limit higher education from becoming more amendable to students, particularly with non-white students. Now, it appears Republicans are setting their sights on another tool used to foster campus diversity, minority scholarship programs. Thursday, the Republican Speaker of the Wisconsin State Assembly suggested he'll move to ban grants designed for minority undergraduate students. The Speaker, Robin Voss, responded to a tweet claiming my, a minority scholarship program designated for students who are black, indigenous, Hispanic, or of La Laotian, Vietnamese, or Cambodian descent amounted to discrimination. Okay. Here's what Robin Voss has to say. We are reviewing the decision and will introduce legislation to correct the discriminatory laws on the books and pass repeals in the fall. There's a tweet from Dan Lemonton. Eliminating racial discriminations means eliminating all of it. The Wisconsin legislature can take some easy steps after this decision, such as fixing numerous scholarships, grants, and programs that exclude millions of Wisconsin Knights because of their race. Just one example is minority undergraduate status, set A, section one. In this section, minority undergraduate means an undergraduate student who is one is black, one is at American Indian, three is Hispanic, as defined in 16.287.1D, Four is a person who is admitted to the United States after December 31st, 1975, and who either is a former citizen of Laos, Vietnam, or Cambodia, or whose ancestor was or is a student, a citizen of Laos, Vietnam, or Cambodia. And B, 
There's established to be administered by the board, the minority undergraduate retention grant program for minority undergraduates enrolled in private nonprofit higher education institutions in the state or in the technical colleges in the state. In his response, Vols seemed to be embodied the conservative fervor to block racial minority groups from higher education opportunities. His tweet came just hours after the conservatives on the Supreme Court gutted affirmative action policies in college admissions, showing his eagerness to end minority scholarship programs. And he later retweeted a user who claimed Ivy League schools hate rural whites, suggesting his apparent push to end minority scholarships is thinly veiled white revanchism. Voss has also been a vocal opponent of diversity, equity, and inclusion efforts, referring to such programs within the University of Wisconsin system as indoctrination despite a racist incident at the Midson campus making headlines in the spring. Although Wisconsin is operating with a projected $7 billion budget surplus, Voss and Republicans in the state legislature voted to cut $32 million from the UW system's budget unless it agrees to use funds for workforce development rather than DEI efforts. The GOP plan also to seek to cut nearly 200 DEI jobs on UW campuses. Last week's Supreme Court ruling gave conservatives the go-ahead to hack away at campus integration and diversification plans, and there's no question many of them are happy to just do that. It's, uh, it is sad, but this is all happening under Joe Biden's watch. He's not doing anything about it. Okay. That just goes to show you that he's really low key. He's for this, but you know, like I've always said, Republicans and Democrats, one and the same. Democrats will act like they're your friend, but want to destroy you by making you look helpless and depending on the government. While the Republicans are just straight up in your face and say, I hate your guts. I don't like you. If you don't give me what I want, I'm still just going to see you as an animal. Okay, it was a racial or a racial slur, you know. Republicans like to think we're all equal in principle, but not in practice. All right. You see how they flipped out when it came to uh, Tenzin uh, Figora grilling um, Vivek. And because what can I say? He's not fit to be, you know, the president of the United States. He's not. Let me read you this article right here. Okay. I saw the importance of affirmative action at my Ivy League university firsthand. Student activists led the fight for affirmative action decades ago. Let's continue their struggle for racial equity. Truth is an indispensable resource for activists, movement leaders, and workers everywhere. Please make this work possible with a quick donation. On the day that the Supreme Court announced its ruling to ban affirmative action, race-conscious admissions, I had an uh, appointment to stop by my alma mater. I walked into Columbia University for the first time since I graduated just a few weeks ago. I took 
in the stunning view of the perfectly manicured lawns and the grandeur of the buildings that I called home over the last five years. I reflected on the amazing ways affirmative action has transformed this college campus over the past 60 years. And I fear that this progress may all be lost in the years to come. I fear that I fear the, that the Columbia I've come to know and love is gone with this ruling. Affirmative action has played an important role in the transforming the United States University in many ways. It is a policy to effectively combat centuries of discrimination against various marginalized groups. These communities have included underrepresented racial and ethnic minorities, women, lower income people, people from under underrepresented geographic reasons, and many others. The policy we know today has its roots in the 1960s, responding to the demands of the civil rights movement. The concept of affirmative action is often linked to the administrations of President Kennedy and President Johnson through executive orders. However, activists and students connected to the Black freedom struggle played an important role in its implementation. After years of protests demanding access to higher education, Black students activists successfully demanded many public universities admit and provide financial aid to more students of color. The death of Martin Luther King Jr. also spurred action from many prestigious institutions. Ivy League institutions like Harvard made strong commitments to admit more students of color within the weeks of following his murder. Transformation in college campuses is readily seen in the student body since the 1970s. Black student populations in colleges have increased by 33% and Latinx students by 455%. Women have effectively reversed the gender education gap in the last few decades with 55% of college graduates being women. I've witnessed this diversity at my Ivy League college campus as I met students from almost every corner of the, of the United States and around the world. It was humbling to learn about the world well beyond my hometown of Miami from the firsthand account of my classmates. They also learned from me as I shared my experiences growing up as a black immigrant. These exchanges were an important part of my education as I expanded what I thought I knew and challenged my own perspective all the time. Beyond the student body, this transformation of college campuses through affirmative action has also shifted the very culture of the American university. Students of diverse backgrounds have worked tirelessly to challenge systematic issues that existed in many colleges through decades of advocacy and policy change. They remind us that this is not enough to admit a diversity of students, but the culture of the campus must be inclusive and tolerant for all of us to thrive. Some of my favorite campus traditions were brought about by students who demanded that the, United, that the university create spaces for them. I had the privilege to continue this tradition when I established the Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Committee of Columbia Student Council. The committee would defend the interests of marginalized students through policy and advocacy, funding opportunities and programs. As we confront the end of race-conscious affirmative action, this committee and many other student groups that support marginalized people will have their work cut out for them. Like student activists before them, they must find innovative ways to defend their right to an inclusive and diverse college. My problem with this is the fact that uh, when they talk about inclusiveness and diverseness, okay? See, the thing is, this worst thing the civil rights movement did was to allow other groups in it, okay? Groups, um, when, I'm just, when I say that also, Hey, it came to the alphabet, okay? The alphabet mafia. And now when it comes to diversity and inclusion, 
you're forcing the alphabet mafia lifestyle on others. All right. You want CRT, but you're not willing to, and you won't cut out the uh, alphabet theory class courses. Okay. This is the problem here. I'm all for, as I'm black, and I am all for, you know, affirmative action. I really am, because I see how racist this country is. And you will not get a fair shake in this country if you didn't have affirmative action as a non-white in this country. You will not get it. Okay? This is why I was very angry when it came to Vivek trying to say that we could live in a country of meritocracy. And I don't believe that white supremacy is the problem. I got very angry because he's lying. He is lying. He is Indian. He knows his 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 people know what it was like when the British came over and they horribly, brutally abused Indians. OK, he knows what it was like. His not. Well, he was born here, but his family knows what it was like. And the fact that he could lie like that, he spits in his family's face. He spits in his people's face. You know what the British was like to your people. That was white supremacy. And the fact to just lie about that, and he wants to be the leader of the free world. And everybody saying, yeah, man, yeah, yeah. Mike, oh, he, he, he was being bullied. He was being harassed. No, he wasn't. He was being checked. He's being put in his place because he was lying. How could you be the leader of a free world and you want to lie to the people that you want to serve? Come on. But a lot of people don't want to use their brains. And you see how white supremacy, because a lot of whites were on his side, the side of a person that says he wants to be the leader of the free world. But the first thing he does is lie. Okay. In the wake of this ruling, I sit with a heavy heart. Affirmative action not only helped me in my admission to Columbia, but a, div but a diverse and inclusive campus helped me to thrive. I am grateful for the generations of marginalized students that came before me that challenged discriminate policies, advocated for community space, pioneered academic fields, and created a vibrant alumni network. My time at the Columbia was far from perfect, not free of racial discrimination, but I didn't feel alone. I stood on the shoulders of giants and as as I had the privilege to further their legacy. Oh boy, here we go. Here we go. As a queer, black, low income student, this is what I'm talking about. I also refuse to be ashamed of the fact that oftentimes opponents of affirmative action claim that the policy negatively impacts black and brown students' confidence and makes them less deserving. It does not make you less deserving. You live in a white supremacist, racist country that is there for a reason. It's there because whites cannot be trusted, okay? The dominant society cannot be trusted to say, I believe we're all American, yet history shows otherwise, even with the death of Ahmed Arbery, okay? When that case was coming, was uh, when the information was just coming out, more and more information about Ahmed Arbery, you saw how white people online were giving really nasty racist comments about Ahmed Arbery. And then when the truth started to come out, they still wanted to believe a lie that he was a thief.
They still wanted to believe the lie. When it came to the Central Park Five, they still wanted to believe that these kids were rapists. When evidence came out that they were not. DNA evidence, thank God for the Innocence Project, that's gotten a lot of people out of prison who are falsely imprisoned. Still, they want to believe that the Central Park Five were guilty of rape. Hear me now. Affirmative action is not there to make you look like a charity case. It is there to help you be able to protect non-whites in a racist white country. This country is a white man's country. They've made it clear. Jill Scott rewrites the national anthem to portray what it's like to be a black, a non-white in this country, a black person, especially. And all the whites get mad about this. But they say all lives matter, but they don't want to deal with the issues that are causing. Why are these blacks making these? Uh, why did Jill Scott rewrite the national anthem? Why did she do that? Hmm. Let me think about that. Let me do some history. Hmm. Why'd you do that? Come on now. We had a black... 25-year-old man, he was chased by whites. He went to the police department. They didn't help him. They kicked him out. Next thing you know, you find out his skeletal remains later. This is who, all right, <clears throat> this is what Vivek wants to say to you. White supremacy isn't the problem here. We can live in a meritocracy, but a black young man cannot go to work without being harassed by racist whites in certain parts of this country. Vivek wants you to believe that we don't live in a racist society, yet we still have sundown towns. don't know what a sundown town means it means a black person better not be in that specific town when the sun goes down that's what it means But I'm grateful that Columbia evaluated me within the context of resources and opportunities that I had available as a black low-income immigrant woman. For me, this isn't what from the accident is about, the chance to be judged fairly concerning the cards you have been dealt. And the race is only one factor in that holistic evaluation. I can't help but be skeptical, skeptical of this claim that I am less deserving. Somehow, this statement isn't ever in Posed on white women who are disproportionately benefit from from the action. Like I said, it's a white person's country. That's why. Nor does a student from rural Oklahoma have their achievements minimized, even if they benefit from geographic consideration. Beyond affirmative action, I rarely hear legacy students come forward with a need to prove their worth. Children of faculty members and big donors are very confident in their place at the university. So why should I be burdened with any shame? Yes, they should be ashamed because most of their kids couldn't make it into these high top universities. So 
their their fathers or their mothers, you know, donated big money to these universities to let them in. But like I said, this is a white country that looks out for whites. And you, as a black person, you have to fight tooth and nail. You have to have, you know, teeth of a lion and the heart of a lion to survive as a black person in this country. And you have to be willing to go to war with people who are white, people who are who are not white, people who will dare to think that, well, you know, you, you're probably being too aggressive. They're not thinking in their heads what's really going on because they're probably brainwashed with Republican white supremacist talking points. Gaslight and say, you know, we're all Americans, you know. Until you have an incident with Jill Scott rewriting the national anthem, talking about the evils of this country. Oh, that's when, the, you know, that's when uh, it's like sunlight hitting a vampire. All of a sudden, that normal person turns into a full-fledged demon. I just read you a tweet on my last video about how a white man was saying somebody should take out Jill Scott. That's right. He said somebody should take out Jill Scott. I know that I'm deserving of these opportunities and that I've deeply contributed to the campus community. My contributions are no less impactful or important than any of my peers. It is devastating to see an important pillar of the affirmative action get gutted. The victories of black civil rights activists that challenged US segregation decades ago are being chipped away by our Supreme Court. Some states have already done away with race conscious affirmative action before this ruling and affects where shrinking black and brown student populations at top universities. California banned race conscious admissions in the 1990s and an immediate effect was a 40% decrease in black and Latino students enrollment in top state universities. California state schools like UCLA and UC Berkeley had, had to invest in programs and recruiting efforts to address these issues and ensure talented students of all backgrounds knew that they were worthy and had a shot. These schools now use holistic reviews to account for what resources students had available to them when evaluating admissions. I fear that a worst case scenario is for, is that for some top colleges, their admission rates for black and Latino students may return to their pre-civil rights movements um, rates. That's exactly what's going to happen. Democrats, you know, are working towards that. They'll gaslight like, oh man, I feel bad, man. I can't believe this has happened. They ain't gonna do a damn thing about it. Republicans are just gonna go, you know, just going to go crazy and start hacking away because that's their job. Their job is to play the fake friend. That's the Democrats, fake friend. Republicans are the, you know, are just going to be straight up, I don't like you guys. That's it. Okay. They don't want to help you because to them, you are the problem. They want to be the ones looking down at you and saying pull yourself up by your bootstraps but they ain't doing that for those whites who can't make it they ain't doing that for those whites who are just you know dead beats colossal screw-ups that need mommy and daddy to donate money to their schools in order to get in schools that they don't deserve to be in but they want to talk about 
non-whites not deserving to be in schools or to be in jobs. Oh, you're there because of affirmative action. And some of you whites are there for the same thing. Some of you whites are very incompetent, but you have six-figure jobs. And there's always somebody has to come behind you to make sure you're not screwing up things and dragging the company into the ground. Oh, there are stories about that. Many top colleges have affirmed their commitment to diverse student bodies since the ruling has been rolled out. However, the dedication to diversity is dependent on individuals, institution, orientations, and leadership. It won't be implemented across the board. This will, have, this will leave millions of students vulnerable to a regressive admission policies. The strength, creativity, and tenacity of the activists that brought us a front of action is far from gone. Students across the country are tapping into the spirit of justice as they continue the legacy of advocacy on campuses. As we confront the end of affirmative action, we must refuse to let the courts erase this progress. I hope black and brown students know that they're worthy of equality, they're worthy of a quality higher education, and that these institutions are lucky to have them. Sad, man. Very sad. All right. <clears throat> Anything you want to know about this channel in the description box? Like, share, comment, and subscribe. What are your thoughts about this? Later. <laughs>